Life by Divine with Sue DeMay fosters deep healing and profound awakenings as she guides you to hear, answer, and trust the highest calling of your heart. Your host and sacred guide is global impact visionary leader Sue DeMay, a best-selling author, international speaker, and gifted intuitive healer who challenges all of us to shift from life by default or even life by design to truly living life by divine. And now, here is Sue DeMay. Welcome to the show. It is an honor and a privilege to be back here again, sprinkling your life with insights and and just coming into, into your heart space as much as you will let me and helping you unwind your mind, change your mind to free your mind and open your heart. That's really what the world needs right now is more open hearts. And we have so much fear rising right now and it's it's palpable and at the same time it's actually necessary for the healing because everything needs to come out to the open everything needs to get uncovered but it looks messy and it looks it feels icky and hard and challenging and all of these things and i know that many of you are struggling and at times, and maybe, maybe you're finding peace at other times, but my intention is always with this show to give you as much as I can in our time together and also channel the messages that are actually really purposeful right now. And that's why I really love to do the live show as opposed to pre-recording something because I basically get up in the morning. Sometimes I'll, I usually get the topic the day before the the topic in the description, the title. So today we're talking, I'm going to be talking about how to stop feeding your ego and dissolve your fears. Basically, how to stop feeding your ego and starve your fears. And it feels very timely because I know there's new events happening all around the world every single day and things that are really impacting all of us as a whole. Now we have these impacts, things that happen to us that a impact us directly or personally or individually and everything that impacts us individually also impacts us collectively and sometimes those events or things that happen in the world like a recent shooting can impact all of us collectively in a way that really leaves a a deep imprint if we let fear if we let those experiences expand our fear, if we actually give into the anxieties and the stress and, and the fear and feed it, then fear expands. In other words, when we meet fear with fear, fear expands. When we meet fear with love, love expands. Now the tricksy part is how do we meet fear with love when we are triggered, when we are impacted by the event or by what's going on around us. And part of what I'm going to talk about today is going to help you with that. And all of the episodes I've been sharing and, and you can go back and listen to the archives. And I would, I would encourage you to do that. You can find them on my website, heartledliving.com forward slash radio. You can find them on any of the podcast platforms. All the links to the podcast platforms are on that website, on my page for my radio show, on my website. 
And I would encourage you to subscribe to the podcast so that you get notice of each one that's coming. Subscribe to Contact Talk Radio Facebook page so that you know when the events are coming up, when I'm doing the live show. Come join me on the Heart Yes Movement page in Facebook so that you get notice when the radio show is going live every Tuesday. And you can also get notice for the, the replays when they're up. Right now, it's essential to look at how you're feeding your ego and how you're in, in, as a result, you're feeding your fear. So whether you're feeding your ego or feeding your fear, we can talk about the two as the same. They're one and the same. Now, this is, this is actually a topic from my book, my recent book, The Evolution of the Ego, how to unwind your ego, embrace your humanness and embody your divinity. When I look at this particular topic today, I can really even look at my own life and take a moment to really check in and see where am I actually feeding my ego? Where am I actually feeding my fear? And just in this topic coming in yesterday, I actually got some insights and I had a big healing overnight. These, these shifts that I feel like I work on a level of my individual level, my own personal life, my humanness, I'm still human. I'm still having this human experience. So I still have these moments of humanness that I need to process and look at. And, and then I have my divinity where I show up in my work and I show up for my clients and I show up for you in the radio show. I show up in alignment and that's my intention and to deliver the message that I meant to deliver. That's always the intention I hold. When I'm not on the air, when I'm not working with a client, when I'm not working within my community, I am doing my own healing work always, constantly. It's 24 seven. And, and I'm sure my husband, you know, feels every once in a while, I should just take a break from it, but I use everything. I use my life as my classroom for healing, for awakening, for shining light on what's left over, for looking at my triggers. So even with all the tools, even with all the training, even with everything and all the experience in the last 25 years of doing this work, I still have, I still have my triggers. They're few and far between. They're, they're not as intense and I'm able to move through them a lot quicker, but they're still there. So the way I recognized in the last day or two that I was feeding my ego when this topic came in again for me to speak about was around judgment. I judge little things and little things may not feel like big things, but little things all add up to big things. So every upset, every judgment is is important to look at. It's essential to look at. So we can easily dismiss the little nigglings Oh, they're not important. It's the big triggers I need to look at. No, look at everyone, no matter how small, no matter how big, look at all your triggers, all of them. All of them are worthy of looking at because all of them are actually creating an impact, whether you realize it or not. So as we look at how you're feeding your ego, how you're feeding your fear, when we are feeding our ego or feeding fear, we are actually blocking love. We cannot be in fear and in alignment with love So at the same time. So we need to be recognizing that whenever we have a moment, even if it's a blip, a moment of judgment or a moment of a behavior or an action that's feeding our ego or feeding fear, 
we are shifting, we, we flip the switch out of love. We are not in alignment with love in that moment. We can switch right back. It can be a quick like switch, switch, flip, flip of the switch. And I want you to become more aware of where you're flipping the switch and where you feel stuck. Where is fear still embedded in your mind? Where is fear still influencing your decisions? Where is fear hidden in your blind spots? And you'll feel it. You'll know there, there'll be signs. But if you're aware of those signs, then you'll actually be able to do something with them. If you're blind to those signs or you're not willing to look at those signs or you're not willing to practice present moment awareness, then you're going to miss a lot of them. So today is about creating awareness and giving you some ideas and tools of how some common ways that we actually feed our ego. So I'm going to go through 10 different ones. A lot of these are listed in the book, The Evolution of the Ego. So if you want to dive deeper into understanding the stages and the phases of the ego, how it evolves and shifts and changes, it's a master shift changer. It's, it's a master, clever, cunning teacher of fear. And it's really, it's, it's ultimate agenda is to keep us safe and protected. But in keeping us safe and protected, it keeps us playing small. It keeps us hiding. It keeps us from speaking our truth. It, it holds us back in so many ways. It keeps us safe from love. Love is not what hurts us. It's the hurt we hold inside of us that is actually hurting us. So when we understand the ego better, we can unwind from it and we can get a little step ahead from, of it because it's constantly evolving. It's constantly changing its angle based on our awareness. So the more aware we become, the more clever and tricksy the ego needs to become. So today I'm going to talk about 10 different things that, we, uh, that are commonly used without your awareness, consciously or subconsciously that feed the ego and expand our fears, essentially expand our fears. When we are shifting into starving the ego and starving our fears, then what we're actually doing is feeding love, feeding our inner spirit, feeding our inner guide and feeding the divinity within us. So it's a conscious choice, one or the other. Today, I'm going to look at what is actually blocking you. Last week, we talked about non-negotiable self-care and soul care. You can go back to that episode and look at ways that fill you up, fill your heart, expand your beingness. And today I'm going to look at what are the things that actually block you? What are some of the common things? So the first one we'll talk about is, I'm going to talk about it very briefly because I've done a whole episode around it. I've done a number of episodes around this is judgment, projection, and blame. So the whole judgment, projection, and blame cycle is something that the ego loves to use. And when we allow those thoughts of judgment to sit and stew in our minds, we are actually feeding the ego. Any thought of judgment comes from the ego, comes from fear. All judgment is stems from fear. When we are in fear, we are feeding the ego. When we are in judgment, when we have a thought of judgment, we are feeding the ego. When it comes to judgment, our own judgments, we can have judgments towards self and we can have judgments towards others. The judgments towards others is what I really want you to really pay attention to because we can easily dismiss them and believe that we're actually making an observation. But the judgment has an energy behind it. Judgment has 
a, a sharpness behind it. It can even just be like a little pinprick or it can be like a knife. But judgment feels different than observation. Observation, there's a neutrality. You're not attached. You're not, you don't have an opinion. You're just observing something. In every moment, we're either observing or judging. If we're in alignment with love, if we're in alignment with spirit as our teacher, we can observe something without judgment. When we are not, habitually, it happens a lot because we're programmed to judge. When we are not in alignment with spirit, we're judging. If we're judging, you're, you're in alignment with ego, period. If you have a thought of judgment, that's ego, period. So creating awareness around your judgments. I'm not going to go into how to do that because there's lots of episodes. You can go back and search my website for the radio show and, and look at all the archive shows and pick out the ones that talk about judgment. The second one that feeds our ego is food, our relationship to food. When we look at our relationship to food, we've been programmed to fear food. Many of us. Some people have no issues with food. Many people have issues with food. So overeating, emotional eating, undereating, anorexia, bulimia, all those kinds of things are fear-based illnesses, issues, and emotional disorders when it comes to food. So food, many people are afraid of what's in food. We're becoming more and more afraid of the ingredients of food. At the same time, we're becoming more and more aware of what is in our food. Now, if you're choosing to eat healthy because you're afraid to eat unhealthy, that's still a choice for fear. I'll say that again in another way. If you're avoiding a certain food because you're afraid to eat it because it's going to lead to disease or illness or health issues or inflammation or whatever else, or that's toxic, that's a choice for fear. And all you need to do is switch the, the angle, the direction you're going with it, the thoughts around your relationship with food in order to shift whether you're coming from fear or whether you're coming from love. So if we were going to feed our spirit and feed our bodies nourishment and fuel, we can make a conscious choice around certain foods. So eating organic when you can, if you have a fear around pesticides, insecticides, all those kinds of things, eating organic is a choice for love. But if you have that program running in the background, if you have that thought running in the background that you're doing that because you're afraid of non-organic food, then you're really making a choice for fear disguised as love. So shift it in your mind, make a conscious choice. I'm choosing to eat organic because that's what feels guided in my heart. That's what feels good for me in my spirit and my soul. And I'm making that choice because I love to feel healthy. I love to feel good in my body. And this feels like a choice for love. So we shift out of the fear of food and shift into a choice for love. Now, whether you eat organic or not eat organic, it, it's different. Everybody's relationship with food is different. Some people have no issues with food and it's not a choice of organic or not organic or, or inflaming, inflaming food or non-inflaming foods. It's 
some people just eat whatever and, and have no issues around food and no fears around food. It's important to look at what are your fears around food. When you make a choice, whether it's healthy or unhealthy, is there any fear anywhere in the picture? Is there any judgment or any programming that you need to look at in your mind? Any thoughts or beliefs that you need to change? The third one is alcohol. And that's similar to food. People have different relationships with alcohol. I do not have, I've never had a healthy relationship with alcohol. So I choose not to drink. I, I don't drink anymore. I haven't drank since 2011 or something like that was the last drink I took of alcohol. And it feels really good for me to make that choice. It also, for me, negatively impacts my ability to channel. So when I was drinking before, even occasionally a glass of wine would actually dampen my intuitive gifts. It would kind of numb them down a little bit. So I chose at that point for health reasons and just a choice for love to stop drinking alcohol altogether. So, and that feels really good for me. That feels like a choice for love. I'm not in fear. I'm not making a judgment about it. I don't judge other people for drinking. I'm just, that's the choice for me. And that feels like a choice for love. So when it comes to your relationship with alcohol, just take a look. Are you having a drink at the end of the day because you need to calm down? It calms you. It brings you peace. Is it, is it something you need or is it something that feels guided? Does it feel like a choice for love at that moment or a choice for peace? So your relationship with alcohol is something that you personally need to look at. And again, our relationships are different. My husband can go and have one beer and he's and he's good. He, he doesn't have an issue with alcohol, never has in, in his relationship with alcohol. He enjoys the taste of beer. He doesn't just drink any beer. He likes, he likes flavorful beers. He likes to try different kind of varieties of beer. And that works for him. I don't judge him for drinking beer. And I, I, I respect that, that that actually is something he enjoys. So in, in a way, that's a choice for love for him. It would not be for me. So I'm aware of that, and that's the choice I make. Now, the question is, what is your relationship with alcohol? Do you have a relationship with alcohol that is feeding love and, and peace, or do you have a relationship with alcohol that is actually feeding fear? That's only a question that you can answer. Number four, toxic people and toxic environments. Now, I don't want you to go into judgment about the people around you, but we can make certain observations and recognize that when we're around certain people, we feel depleted or we feel heavy or it's harder to be around certain people, people perhaps that complain or people that are negative. It's more challenging to be around those types of people. Now, when you can hold your own light and be around those people and meet them with love, then it won't impact you. It'll be like water off a duck's back. Same with certain environments. You can be in certain environments and have an, and feel the negative impact that it has on your physical body or emotionally or mentally, or you can be in an environment and feel really, really clear. So it's again, an individual thing. You need to look at that for yourself and you need to in, look at the individual people and the individual environments and evaluate them based on your experience each time. 
there are ways to go into a negative environment and hold your light. There is ways to protect your energy and have a filter in place so that you don't get impacted by other people and, and environments as much. In the meantime, if those kinds of things are sensitive, if you're sensitive in those places, then you may need to make a choice for peace and avoid them. You may need to take uh, make a choice for peace and make a choice for love and set up some form of ritual that helps you in those certain circumstances. And I definitely teach a lot of that in the Intuition Academy, how to protect your energy, how to stand in that space where you can hold space for other people and allow them to be in their negativity without taking it on. There's a lot of different ways you can do that. But for now, I just want you to be aware that certain people being around certain people and in certain environments, especially when you're no longer meant to be there, can feed your ego. And and in feeding your ego, your mind just goes kind of crazy around it. So you'll create all these judgments and blame and projection. It's a whole big crazy cycle up in there. The mind is, is uh, a recipe for crazy making when the ego's in charge up there. So toxic people, toxic environments, to be aware of those. Number five is movies, TV, video, radio, podcasts. I'm sure there's negative podcasts out there. I know there is. I don't listen to them. I don't tune in. However, there are people that are being fed messages like that in many different ways. Society, as a society, we're, we're really programmed for fear. And it's a very entertainment-driven people are very entertainment driven, which means that a lot of times negative impact, negative influence, a negative storyline, that sort of thing will actually attract people and they'll, they'll get caught up in it. So what you're watching will influence how you feel and will influence whether your ego is getting a little bit more inflated and a little bit more large and in charge and fear is kind of expanding, or whether you're actually starving your ego and feeding your spirit. So when I sit down to watch a movie, or even videos, I don't watch every video that comes across, you know, my, my screen. And I'm very attuned, I tune in, am I guided? Am I not guided? Is this purposeful? Is it not purposeful? Am I meant to? Am I not meant to? I really follow the I let my heart lead me and I really follow that guidance from within and allow the divinity to, to guide me in that. So my spirit will lead me to the movies, that sort of thing. And when I sit down to watch a movie, I always ask for spirit to sit beside me as opposed to ego. So ego is your teacher of fear. Spirit is your teacher of love. That's the names I've created. You can change the names if you need to, but that works for me. So when I watch a movie, I sit down with spirit. I ask spirit, sit down beside me. Let me see this through your eyes and let me use this for my healing. So if I'm watching a movie and I feel really sad, I let myself feel the sadness and the grief wash up. If I'm watching a movie and I feel kind of irritated and angry, I look at the irritation and anger and I look at the trigger. What's behind that? Because a lot of times what's happening in the present moment isn't really what's happening it's usually something that is bumping up against some of our leftovers. So it's important to look at that. And movies are a great way to, to bring up some of our leftovers to the surface to heal. Number six, social media. Oh, social media. Yeah. So we are 
it's it's amazing to watch how social media has evolved and it's amazing to watch how it continues to evolve it's very much ego driven in a lot of ways and it's very curious to kind of watch different platforms evolve and shift because I feel the influence of the ego in a lot of ways. And sometimes I feel the influence of love in other platforms. So it really depends. And it's curious because sometimes all of a sudden I'm like, something changed on this platform. Nothing changed physically, but something changed energetically. And then I found out recently that one of the platforms was bought out by another hmm, social media platform. So I'm like, oh, so that makes sense. It totally made sense that all of a sudden there was this negative influence this fear-based influence, this ego-based influence that I was sensing and I couldn't figure out why, what changed, what shifted, ownership did. Social media is, is a great tool to connect us. The internet and social media is a great tool to bridge these, the kind of dissolve all geographical boundaries, to, to unite us, to connect us, to help us feel like we can easily connect with people, like even the technology to do this radio show. And for me being right here in, in wherever you are, in your living room or on your phone, your computer, for me to kind of jump into your life and, and share some of my insights and, and guidance with you is such a gift and it can connect us and it doesn't matter where you are. And I recently just found out that my radio show hit the top 100 charts in Ireland and there was quite a few other, it's like 10 countries now. And it's just mind boggling to me, like India and South Africa and how people are actually finding this radio show and this message and sprinkling, you know, their lives with it and then allowing that ripple effect to reach out. So in some ways, social media is really allowing that to happen with a greater ease and we can really stand beside each other really quickly if there's an event that's happening or something that people really need people to stand up for or stand behind then suddenly there's this rallying to gather around social media so it can be used to really feed our spirit and feed love and i love that part i, I love that part of it so i use it for that reason at the same time, I can witness how it's actually feeding the ego. And the ways that it does is if you go onto social media and you're scrolling Facebook or Instagram or any of the other platforms and you're sitting down with ego, chances are you're going to be in a place of comparison or judgment or fear of judgment. Now, when we are in a place of comparison, comparison actually crushes our creativity for one. It totally disconnects us from, from love and from our intuitive channel. It blocks our intuitive channel quite well. And it makes us feel like we're not doing enough. We're not good enough. We're not delivering enough. We're not doing it right. Whatever it is. When it comes to social media, if you're looking through the lens of fear, chances are you're going to be in judgment. You're going to look at comparing what other people are doing and what you're not doing. And you're going to feel bad about yourself or Kind of feel better about yourself because you're doing more than other people or feel like you're making a greater, bigger impact. That's the spiritual ego. Any kind of superior, inferior kind of level thinking is the spiritual ego. So social media is like, like a buffet. <laughs> it's a buffet, all you can eat buffet for the ego. And it feeds 
fear like in an instant it can feed fear and expand it to a great 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 level now if you actually choose to use it for your healing to use it as a classroom for healing you can actually scroll through and feel into when am i feeling triggered how am i feeling triggered and use that to look at how social media is bumping up against your leftovers or your beliefs or your inadequacies and use it for your healing in that case you're actually making a choice for love because you're using it as a way to shine light on what needs to heal shine light on those hidden thoughts and beliefs you have about yourself and about others and about life so it's up to you how you approach it how you will experience it and if you're in a place where you're just scrolling mindlessly and wasting a lot of time and energy and then later on you you know judge yourself for wasting so much time and energy and you don't actually have time to do what you're actually guided to do that day then it's a time waster and it kind of pulls you out of alignment very easily that way so it can be a big distraction it can distract you from actually feeling and sensing and knowing what you're meant to be doing, feeling the feelings that are rising up so we can use it as a way to numb, numb ourselves out. It can become an addiction. There's a lot of different ways that social media can negatively impact us. And I use the word negatively and positively because we teach, you know, in, in a work, I'm teaching in a world of duality. So we have to understand the duality. It is still judgment. Judging something as negative is the judgment. However, I can observe something having a negative impact on me or other people without the energy of judgment behind it. It can be an observation and I can feel neutral about it and then make a conscious choice for love. So I'm just teaching you a little bit about kind of backtracking a little bit around languaging and, and how that impacts us. So I'm going to take a, a short commercial break here in a moment. And so, so far we've talked about judgment flame projection. Number two was food. Number three was alcohol. Number four was toxic people, toxic environments. Number five was music, videos, TV, radio, all those kinds of things, podcasts. Number six was social media. These are different ways that we can feed our ego and expand fear. And when we're doing that, we're kind of starving our spirit because we're so focused on feeding the ego intentionally or unintentionally, consciously or subconsciously. This is all happening. And all I'm asking is for you to create awareness without judgment. Create awareness. And the moment you have an awareness, make another choice. Go within and choose again. Make a conscious choice for love. Look at, be willing to look at these pieces so that you can actually overcome them, shift them, change your behavior and shift back into alignment with love. It's all about living alignment with love. We're gonna take a short break. And when I come back, I'm gonna share four more of the common ways that I see, that I've observed people that are feeding their ego and expanding their fears. And then I'm gonna share some tools and some ways that you can actually stop doing that and be able to feed love instead and feed your spirit. We'll be right back. The Heart-Led Living Intuition Academy with Sue DeMay is a unique, unschooling experience 
designed to unwind, clear, and align your intuitive channel. And the doors are open for you now. Experience unwavering faith and deep trust in your intuition as you strengthen your connection to source, allowing you to walk through every moment with more peace, confidence, clarity, and certainty. Experience this deep personal transformation with Sue's guidance, including the option to share what you learn as a certified intuitive coach. This is your time to unwind and reprogram your mind, to rebuild your foundation and realign with your intuitive heart. Enrollment is now open. Apply today at heartledliving.com forward slash intuition academy. Again, that's heartledliving.com forward slash intuition academy. Welcome back. You are listening to Life by Divine, and I am your host, Sue Jamey. Today, we've been talking, I've been talking about the ways that we, common ways that we feed our ego and expand fear, and how we can actually begin to starve our evil, ego, starve our fears, so that we can shift back into love and start to actually feed that love alignment, feed our spirit, feed our soul. So, I talked about the six pieces before six common ways that we did before the break. I'm going to go into the last four. So the number seven is pain in the body. The ego loves to use physical pain and emotional pain to really expand in fear. And it, and it feeds when we feel physical pain in our body, it actually feeds our thoughts and beliefs and our worry and our stress and our anxiety. When we are in that common kind of hamster wheel of fear and worry in our minds it's it's the perfect recipe for feeding the ego when you look at pain in the body we've been taught that pain is to be avoided pain is to be numbed out pain is to be taken care of by a pill or some kind of thing a glass of alcohol whatever it is when we are in pain we are programmed to avoid it that is our programming that is something, it's a learned behavior, and we can actually change that programming and learn how to approach pain differently. And that's what I teach, and that's what I encourage, is to look at pain differently, to look at all of our beliefs about pain, offer them over, forgive them all over, and be wide open to experience pain differently. When it comes to emotional pain, a lot of times the emotions are just needing to be expressed and released. When we can actually give space to those emotions, the density of the emotion clears and the density in the body will clear along with it. So a lot of times the emotional density creates a physical pain in the body. There's often a physical reaction or a physical response in the body to our mental and emotional state. If we have a subconscious belief and we have an emotion connected to that subconscious belief or thought or memory, then that emotion can be held in the physical body and it will have a physical response or physical expression in the body. The ways I like to use pain is to recognize it as a signal. It's a warning signal, a flag. It's a friend kind of pointing to what you need to heal. And I often go through the body to heal the mind. I often go through the body to identify where the emotions or where the energy is being held and how it needs to be released. And if there's any level of understanding that needs to happen at the mind, then that's given as well. 
So when we go through the body and explore it in a different way, even taking the label of pain off of it, we can actually use it to follow it back and trace it back to the root of of the physical pain or discomfort. Because really the body is just signaling us and letting us know that something is not in harmony. There is some kind of discord and you need to look at the discord. The challenges with pain is a lot of times it's not just one thing. The pain tends to become a bit of a rat's nest. So one feeds into the next thing to the next thing. So it's a little bit of an unraveling, unwinding and a, and a clearing when it comes to moving pain out of the body and shifting it. When we shine light on it, it's not always simple, although sometimes it is. A lot of times we're feeling physical pain in our body and we just need to address one situation or one belief or one thought about a situation and it clears. I've had experiences with that personally and as well as with my clients, the moment they have the key to what that pain was connected to, the pain dissolves and disappears. I had one client who had hip pain for years, like over 50 years. And when I did a session with her and we got to the root of it and I, she actually got the level of understanding that she needed at the mind, the pain disappeared and it was gone. She just didn't have an experience of it anymore. So when we actually get the message the, that the pain is trying to tell us or teach us, then it can actually dissolve instantly. The pain can disappear in an instant. When we kind of have layers, we kind of peel back the layers and we have an understanding of that layer and then another layer rises and then we have to clear that layer and another layer rises and clear that layer. Then it's a little bit of an unraveling and a little bit of an unwinding in the physical body that occurs on all levels, physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and energetically. We need to look at all five bodies or more other areas too in order to really truly unwind the body because there's a lot that influences the physical body so the first piece around pain in the body is just to start to look at pain differently and to recognize that you're taught to avoid it to numb it out to take a pill for it to get rid of it meanwhile the expression of it is actually the body tapping on your shoulder to try and get your attention and if you numb it out by taking a pill then the body's going to have to scream or get louder or take another angle to try and get your attention because the body wants to come back into harmony. That's how it's designed. It, it wants to be in harmony. And when there's a disharmony, it's going to let you know. And if you pay attention, you'll be able to clear those pieces quickly. So for me right now, I used to have a lot of pain in my body. I don't anymore. A lot of things that used to kind of really take me down don't take me down anymore. If I feel something going on in my body, I pay attention to it right away or do my best to pay attention to it right away within a couple hours anyways. And it's, it's usually cleared right away. Certain things, if I do something physically and I tweak my body in a certain way, then I'm usually guided to who I'm meant to see, a practitioner or someone that's meant to help me. And I follow that guidance and, and usually it clears pretty quickly compared to what it used to do. I used to be in a lot of pain. I used to have a lot of physical pain a lot. I endured a lot of pain, but I thought that's just what that's just what people do. That's just what we have to do. And that's just not true. So changing your relationship to pain. And I'm talking about even chronic pain. I've worked with people with chronic pain. And, and if you get to the right root of it, if you get right in underneath it and you clear it, your experience of the pain will shift and change. Every time. It's happened every time. 
The challenge is, is when we're actually addicted to pain, which brings me to the next topic, health issues. Number eight is health issues. Health issues can be a disease or illness, sickness. It can be a physical ailment of chronic pain, that sort of thing. A lot of times there's an attachment or they're somehow invested in the illness and disease and or there's an addiction sometimes to different pain. So some people might be addicted to the pain and the suffering because it's familiar. And a lot of times it can actually kind of be an excuse not to have to shine bright or not have to take the stage. I know for me, it was for the longest time. I felt that the pain was just a part of me and it, and who am I without pain? Who am I without suffering? It was very familiar. It was like a good friend. And to finally unravel from that relationship with pain, it was a little, felt a little bit like a breakup, a breakup. I was breaking up with pain and suffering because it had been such a friend for so long. And when I finally unwound from that, I recognized my relationship with pain and suffering was not what I needed to have anymore. And I shifted it. And that's when my experience in my body shifted a lot too. So health issues, again, are just signals, the body telling you something is not in harmony. And it could be that you're guided to eat a certain way and you're not listening then it's not because you have to be afraid of food. It's just like, you're not listening to the guidance. You're not listening to what your body is asking for. You're not listening to your heart and letting your heart lead you in those decisions. So heart-led living is about making that conscious choice to follow your heart and lead with your heart. Let your heart take the driver's seat and let your head take the passenger seat so that it's actually, you're leading with love. You're not leading with fear. So in the choices around food, when it comes to illness and certain things like that, there's certain things you'll need to do in order to unwind from that illness and to heal it. So I know for me, when I had cancer, I had to shift some of the ways I was eating. And my, my self-care was extreme already, but it became even more extreme in, in the eyes of the world. Like people really saw what I was doing every single day for that time, for that four months while I was doing that deep healing. People would have been like, no way, I, I can't even... I can't even begin to imagine doing any of those things that you're doing. And for me, it was, it was non-negotiable. I, I knew I needed to do it because I needed to clear the cancer in my body as soon as possible. And because I felt like I was at a tipping point, I was at a real choice point. I could go like down a rabbit hole and, and I probably wouldn't be here right now if I hadn't made those choices. So for me at that point, it was, it was, it seemed extreme, but it was necessary and it was guided. It was clear in my heart. And I didn't feel, I didn't feel like I was depriving myself. I didn't feel like it was hard. It just felt like a real choice for love, like a, a fierce choice for love right now at that point. And it was powerful. The shifts that happened in that time was very powerful for me. But I also had to look at how was I addicted to feeling ill and sick and being on the couch when I started to feel better, I was like, I was afraid to actually shine my light and step out and get back on the stage and share the messages that were coming through me now. And because the messages were stretching people's minds and stretching my mind, let alone other people's minds, not everybody was going to be ready for the message and still not everybody's ready for my message. And that's okay. At this point, I'm going to trust that it's going to land in the hearts of those that are meant to hear it. It's going to expand the minds of those that are going to, that are meant to hear it. 
And it's going to trigger those that aren't meant to hear it in a way that's going to still impact them in one way or another. And that's, that's just why I'm here. And I, I'm here unapologetically now. Before I was apologizing for the messages that were coming through me. Now it's like, it's non-negotiable at this point. I'm, I'm allowing them to come and flow. And it is what it is. And I'm, I'm saying yes to it. So I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be here with you and to share the messages that come through. And it's really a conscious choice that I make every day to say yes. And the ways that I do that is to look at how I'm feeding my ego every single day. I'm going to encourage you to do the same. So let's take a look at the last two. Unresolved past trauma, number nine. Unresolved past trauma is anything that is unresolved at the level of the mind or energetically or emotionally still charged inside of you. When we have that emotional, energetic, or mental charge around things, we will be triggered in the moment. The challenge is, is the ego will point to what's happening in the moment and make it about what's happening in the moment. If this would just change or if that person would just change, I would feel better. But what I want you to do is look at how, what, what part of me needs to heal, what's left over within me that I need to look at. And one way to do that is one of my favorite quotes in A Course in Miracles is, you're never upset for the reason you think never upset for the reason you think. So if you're upset in the moment, if you actually try on, what if I'm not upset for the reason I think? If you just try that on, it creates an opening in the mind and it takes the ammunition or the fuel away from the ego. And it allows you to try on another perspective and to look in a different direction and to feel and to experience perhaps the root of the upset, which is usually rooted in the past experience. When you are triggered in the moment and you have an unresolved past trauma, sometimes those traumas need witnesses. Sometimes you'll need support moving through them. We don't have to do all of these things on our own. So if you do need support, there's people out there that do this work. I'm one of those people. If you feel drawn to work with me, it would be my honor to support you and be your mighty companion and walk you through that past trauma. Part of my gift is to be able to go into those deep, dark, dense feelings and emotions and experiences and walk you in there, get you, get, shine light on what you need to see and feel and know, and then bring you back out. So you don't need to do it on your own. And follow your heart, trust your intuition. It'll lead you to the practitioners, the people, the healers, the communities, whatever it is you need, your heart will lead you there. Number 10 is our stories, how we tell the story, the version of the story we tell. The ego would love to tell a story of what happened based on fear, and you can be pulled down into a wormhole quite easily that way. How we view what's happening in our lives, if we look through the lens of fear, then we will have a story based on fear. If we're looking through the lens of love and observation and letting spirit kind of show us, shine light on what we need to see then we can actually look through the lens of love and have a different experience and a different version of the story. I tend to try and encourage people not to hang on to any stories, but in the beginning, we may need to shift from a negative way or a fear-based way of telling the story to a love-based way of telling the story, a love-based perspective or version, and then ultimately, in the end, just letting go of the story altogether. And just trusting that everything that's happening, everything that's on your path is purposeful. One way or another, it's purposeful. 
and you may or may not understand the meaning or the purpose in the moment. Sometimes we'll get things in hindsight, but walking with blind faith and deep trust that if it's on your path, it's purposeful. It's for your healing. It's for the healing of the whole of humanity. And when we can trust that and come from that place, then we don't need the stories. We don't need the stories anymore. So those are the 10 things, the common ways that I see that people feed the ego and ways that we can actually stop feeding the ego and starving the fear is to actually practice awareness is the key is like the first key is becoming aware. If you're not aware of something, you can't change it. If you're blind to something, it's going to keep continuing to influence you. So awareness is the first key. The other practice I like to use is forgiveness and forgiveness is not the traditional forgiveness, although it, it is helpful in these cases, especially in past trauma and things that are left over from, from previous experiences. Forgiveness in the way that I teach it is, is how it's taught in the Course in Miracles as well is the act of forgiving it over, forgiving it over to spirit for another perspective, forgiving over your, your, your story, your beliefs, your thoughts about it, your, your, the way you're looking at things, this, everything around it is just, you can forgive everything. You can forgive your judgments. You can forgive your upset feelings. Forgiveness is the act of forgiving it over, not to get rid of it and say, oh, here, take this and take it away from me. Forgiveness is an awareness. This is something that's interfering with my peace. This is something that's feeding my fear. And I no longer wish to do that. I offer it over to you. I forgive it over to you. Guide me, show me, lead me. It's an important piece. It's not just give it over and take off and let it go. It's forgive it over and then be wide open to the guidance to support you in unwinding and healing that piece. So forgiveness is an act of forgiving and then a choice to follow. Follow the guidance. Follow your heart. Let your spirit lead you. And the beautiful thing when we do that is it's actually it's serving everyone, including you. When we follow the guidance, when we let our heart lead us, it's serving everyone, including you. When we expand in love, it's actually serving everyone. I had a conversation the other day with one of my members in the Intuition Academy, one of the students, and they were talking about not doing, like being lazy or meditating, not doing things, not, not doing, not kind of getting things done. And I said, you know, sometimes doing nothing is everything. And when we're guided to sit in meditation, a choice for love is powerful. And if we're guided to sit in meditation and focus on the energy of love, then that's actually serving all of humanity in that moment. We can't, I'm going to encourage you never to underestimate the power of a choice for love. One choice for love has extraordinary potential for impact. Whether you're sitting in meditation or whether you're having a hot bath with Epsom salt, whether you're going for a walk in nature, whatever it is that feeds your soul, whatever it is that nurtures your body and your spirit, those things are actually contributing to the healing of the whole. So I'm going to encourage you after you kind of go through this episode and you start to identify where are the way, what are the ways that you're feeding your ego and how can you shift 
and start to change those behaviors and change those things in your life so that you're no longer feeding the fear. You begin to starve the fear. Then take a look at, okay, now how can I consciously and purposely begin to feed my spirit? To expand in love. So it's one, identify awareness, practice forgiveness, and then what is the inspired action? What is going to allow you to shift from fear to love? What are the thoughts? What are the beliefs that you can change in the mind that can allow you to shift from fear to love? How can you start to feed your spirit, feed love instead of feeding fear? You can go back to the episode last week, non-negotiable self-care and soul care was what it was about, the essential practice of non-negotiable self-care and soul care. Those are going to give you some pieces and some ideas. Any of the other episodes that you're drawn to as well can do that. Following the breadcrumbs, noticing when something pops up on your newsfeed a couple times, or you get an insight around getting a book. If you feel kind of an emotional hit or some kind of like ding inside of you, that's your intuition kind of pointing you in a direction. So I'm going to encourage you to follow that, follow those nudges, trust that you're being guided moment to moment, and you will discover unique and creative ways to starve your ego, starve your fears, dissolve your fears, and to start to feed your spirit, feed your soul feed your heart, and feed your mind and body with love in ways that are actually a choice for love, a choice for peace. Thank you once again for joining me. I appreciate you. I see you. I honor you. Until next week, namaste. You've been listening to Life by Divine with your host, Sue DeMay. Shift your consciousness from head to heart and enliven your soul as you discover how to lead with your heart and live your own life by divine. Join Sue in the growing global heart-led living community at heartledliving.com. That is heartledliving.com. 